Hey there! You've stumbled upon Matt Laker's podcast where we've taken his video content and turned it into a handy-dandy audio version. Because let's be real, who has time to stare at a screen all day? And because we care about your auditory experience, we've even thrown in some groovy background tunes to really immerse you in the vibe. Put it on blast while you jog, cruise in your car, or even use it as a lullaby before hitting the hay. Enjoy! Hey guys, Matt here. In today's video, we are going to talk about Philippines. I'll explain to you what it's like to live in the Philippines. I will talk to you about the culture. I will talk to you about the business and what business opportunities out there in the Philippines. I will explain to you what are the best areas for you to stay. And I will share my general thoughts on staying in the Philippines for one month. Who is this video for? This video is for people who want to stay in a country for around one month. This video is for digital nomads, for entrepreneurs, and who this video isn't for. This video isn't for people who want to come to the Philippines and just travel across the country. This is not a video about where to snorkel. This is not a video about where to do island hopping. I don't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. I just came here and stayed here living my normal life. So I want to talk to you about regular logistics of a normal life in the Philippines as an expat. And I want to talk to you about doing business and getting around and dealing with the Filipino people. And I want to share with you some of the things that really surprised me about the place. So if that sounds like useful, so if that sounds like something useful for you, then this video will be great for you. So let me start first by telling you that Philippines is a big shock for me. I really didn't think that there is a country in Asia in which everything is like in America. People speak an amazing English. Like I can't distinguish whether uh, they are from the US or from the Philippines. People say Singapore has better levels of English uh, or Malaysia. I don't think so really, like maybe statistically somehow, but in the Philippines, you basically have native um, people who speak native English. They learn it at school, they have perfect accent, um, as in you can't distinguish whether um, they are from the US or from the Philippines. So it's just an amazing level of English. And what that means to you, what that means for you is that if you're hanging out in the Philippines, you can communicate with everyone. So when I lived in Vietnam, when I lived in Thailand, you have barriers of communication. And then even though people might be very nice in those countries, it will be hard for you to communicate with them and really feel like the part of the society. So when you go to Thailand, you usually hang out with other expats. When you go to the Philippines, you really get accepted as part of the society. Everybody understands you. Everybody speaks the same English. Everybody speaks the same language as you. So you are understood. And on top of that, Philippines, and this is a big shocker for me, is the nicest, friendliest, and most hospitable country in the whole world. I didn't know that, but literally people are 10 out of 10 friendly. So what does it mean in practical terms? First of all, you can come up and walk to anyone on the street. So you can literally walk on the street, see someone and say, hey, what's up, where are you going? How are you? And then you're gonna have a nice conversation. And it works both ways. So the second thing is that people will walk up to you, especially in 
party areas during the evenings and they will just say, hey, you're looking great. How are you? Where are you heading? And they're not trying to sell you anything. I mean, sure, there are those people as well, but a lot of people will be just nice to you and they will want to meet you. And so, sure, I'm talking about experience of a 30-year-old Polish guy, and it might be a different experience to somebody else, but that is the experience I got. People being extremely nice and friendly and interested and curious about me. So what that means is that when I go out to a bar in the Philippines and I sit at the chair and there's people sitting on the left, right side of me, left side of me, I can just talk to them. I can say, hi, what's up? And you're going to have amazing conversations and you can get really deep in that conversation. So sometimes what I have seen in bars in the Philippines is that I have seen people who talk so deep about so many different topics about their life and they give each other advice what to do, whether this is relationships or business. And then I find out that they just have met. So I understood the conversation because they speak English with each other, which is nice for me because I can understand it, but they also get really deep in these conversations. So I was like, oh, you guys just met? It's like, yeah, we just met. And this is how you talk. You talk about so many things. You go so deep in your conversation. And so if you're the friendly person who likes to talk to everyone, is extroverted, kind of like myself, and you love to talk to anyone, then this is the place for you. Because you're gonna have so many conversations. You don't need to go out, out. You don't need to go out to a bar with your friends. You don't need to bring anyone with you. You're gonna meet 50 to 100 people every night. This is how friendly people are in the Philippines. And they're gonna become good friends of yours. And this is particularly something that I love about the Philippines. Then generally speaking, Philippines is super foreigner friendly. What that means is that specifically, you will not have an issue getting your visa extended. So they don't actually give you a visa. They give you a visa extension. When you come to the Philippines, you're going to get the stamp in your passport that says you don't need a visa. You can stay here for a month without the visa, at least if you're European, but I think it's for most of the countries. Um, and so once you're there and you want to stay longer, you just go to immigration office. There is no queues. They're super nice and friendly to you. They're super hospitable. And Filipinos are going to call you, hello, sir. Thank you, sir. Please stand here, sir. Let me help you fill out this form, sir. They're super friendly. So it's not like this typical government office that you could imagine in, in your home country, at, at least how I would imagine this in Poland is, is that they're not really nice to you. They really don't care about you. You want something from them. In the Philippines, it's another way around. They're super nice to you. Um, and it feels like they're thankful that you want to stay and spend money in their country. So that is extremely nice. It makes me feel so great uh, versus uh, being in other countries where I have to uh, ask for a visa. Like for example, in Thailand, you come to Thailand, you, you you want to extend your visa, you have to leave Thailand, come back. Second time you come, they say, hey, look, you can't do it. It's, it's, it's a visa run. In the Philippines, there is no such thing. It, it feels like they just appreciate you spending money here. So essentially you go to this immigration office, they just give you another stamp, you pay, something for it. I don't remember how much it was. I think it was around 2000 pesos, like $50. Um, if I'm, if I'm correct, um, don't remember exactly, but, um, it was something around the number and, uh, they just extend your visa just to be precise. 2000 pesos right now is, um, $36. 
um, around 34 euros. And I don't remember exactly what the amount was, but it was something that was rather acceptable for extending your visa uh, or visa exemption uh, for a month. So you're hanging out in this country where everyone is nice, everyone is friendly to you, everyone wants to hang out, everyone can talk to you, make so many friends. If you want to stay longer in the country, it's very easy. Uh, you can stay longer. Um, so it all just sounds great. So the general vibe is absolutely fantastic. Now let's take a little look about, let's take a look at, let's take a look at where you can stay in the Philippines if you want to have normal life. So again, this video is not for you if you want to um, travel and do island hopping because I don't know anything about it. I didn't do any of it. I just focus on the business. Uh, I just focus on my daily work waking up in the morning, going for a run. So this is my routine. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a typical traveler. I'm going to countries for a month. I'm staying there and I need to have my proper setup for life. So that means I need to have my morning coffee. I'm going for a jog in the morning. I'm then working for eight hours. Um, so I need to, and, and then an area I'm staying needs to be, needs to be good in terms of me being able to focus. So if this is what you're after, and if you're like me and you have normal remote work, and you need to just focus on your work. And after your work, you want to go for a run. You want to go to the gym. You want to have normal life, not just island hopping. Then this video is for you. I've seen a lot of videos about traveling across the Philippines. So I thought that this was more useful to actually share something about normal life uh, in a country. So if you're going to fly to the Philippines, you're probably going to land in Manila. Um, so in terms of connections, there are a lot of connections between the Philippines and Dubai, and there seems to be a lot of great and expensive connections. So this is just a hint for you if you're thinking from where to travel to the Philippines. I've seen a lot of good connections from there. I've seen also a lot of good connections from Taiwan. I was flying from Thailand and connection wasn't really great. Uh, it went through Kuala Lumpur and then to the Philippines, took a lot of time. There wasn't direct connection and it wasn't particularly inexpensive comparing to, for example, flying even from Dubai, um, there is a lot of inexpensive airlines. I would still um, recommend Emirates because I think it's the best airline in the world. And I completely disagree with um, this uh, statement that Qatar airline is the best in the world. I, I really don't think so based on my experience. I think Emirates is the best airline in the world. Emirates has acceptably priced uh, flights uh, between uh, Philippines and, and Dubai. And um, there is a cheap airline that flies between Philippines and Emirates and, and Dubai as well. Uh, and that's because there are so many Filipino people who live and work in Dubai. So if you've been to Dubai, you know that there are just so many people from the Philippines who live there. And so that is probably why these flights are so accessible between the Philippines and um, Dubai. So if you're going to come to the Philippines, you're probably going to land in Manila. So you're going to be at Manila Airport, MNL. And now the, this airport is placed here in the city. So when I was looking at Manila first, before coming here, I thought, all right, this looks like this is the city center. I thought, all right, this is the city center of Manila. This is where I want to go. Uh, and then I thought, all right, that's uh, quite a trip uh, from the airport because the airport uh, in Manila uh, is here. However, however, um, this is not really where you want to stay. The area I would recommend you to stay in if you're after normal life and if you're after 
lifestyle where you can go for a walk in the evening on a walkable street, then I would recommend you staying in this area here. This area here is called BGC. So let me just draw some areas for you so you understand Manila from my perspective. So essentially, I see it like this. Here's an, here's airport. And then from the airport, you go here. This area here is called BGC. BGC is a city inside of Manila that looks like or probably better than most European and American cities. It is basically this downtown or uh, CBD, central business district area, um, as they call it in Auckland, uh, in New Zealand. Uh, it's, it's nice skyscrapers, wide streets, and it is just extremely walkable and extremely livable. Then next to BGC, you have this other area here called McKinley, which is probably second nicest area uh, because it, is a, it has a lot of space and it has wide streets. And most importantly, it is walkable to BGC. So you can walk from McKinley to BGC and then, you know, on like a nice sidewalks and all. And it is a little bit more accessible when it comes to accommodation because most people think that, okay, Manila, Manila is going to be cheap when it comes to accommodation. Sure, if you stay somewhere here, or if you stay here in Makati, it is going to be cheap. But if you stay in BGC, it is going to be expensive. So the prices you're looking at, if you're looking for an Airbnb for a month, it is going to be around 2,000 euros. And, and like a lot of people are gonna be, be saying, hey Matt, what do you mean 2,000 euros per month in Manila? Uh, I think clean and nice places will cost you that much. I've checked places, I've checked 15 or 16 different Airbnbs. I went there for like in-person viewing. I've checked a lot of apartments. A lot of places are just impossible to stay there. They are too dirty and you just cannot stay there. So anything below 1500 euros per month, I, like it wasn't really okay for me as a good place to stay and work. And in McKinley, if you're getting Airbnb for around 1700 euros 1700 euros per month you can get a nice place in which you can properly work and focus now here's a business opportunity and that's a side note before i get back to the areas inside of bgc airbnbs are extremely expensive comparing to the price if you rent long term so if you're if you if you rent long term the same apartment that would cost you 1800 1700 euros on airbnb you would get it for 500, 600 euros. And the catch is that you would need to pay normally in Manila, they would want you to pay two months upfront and two months deposit. So you'd need to pay four months upfront, which is similar to the price you would just pay for a month for an Airbnb, but you would have to uh, commit to a year, you would have to sign a contract and uh, you would have to normally prepay to the bank using this special check thing that they have which is which basically means that you guarantee that you're gonna pay so in any case it's a lot of hustle and it's a lot of viewing and it's a lot of work to to rent this apartment for a long term but if you're coming to manila and you're thinking of doing business this is an opportunity because essentially what you could do is 
rent an apartment for a year, spend like 500, 600 euros on this and rent it out on Airbnb for uh, 1,700, 1,800 euros. You can make over 1,000 euros a month just doing this. I made a video on my channel a few years back, a long time ago, on how to make money on this Airbnb business model. You could still check this out. Um, often, landlords will allow you to Airbnb the apartment in Manila. Again, if you want to have hassle of doing this, then um, this might be an option for you. Of course, you need to manage somebody who can uh, clean the place for you. You need to manage somebody who's going to make sure that everything works. Uh, but that's the first business opportunity that is definitely here in the Philippines. I will talk about other business opportunities in just a second. Uh, then the next area here is Makati. And basically, you would just stay in two areas. You would stay around BGC and McKinley and Makati. And you would live here because it's the most livable area. And you would party in Makati. Um, in Makati, there is a um, couple of places uh, that are known for a party where most tourists go. Uh, it's called Burgos Street. And this is where all the tourists go. And I will recommend you other places to go because I don't think it's particularly good. So let me show it to you in just a second. Let me just show you where you will not stay. You're probably not going to stay here. This is just tourist places for you to see, like Fort Santiago and stuff. You're probably not going to stay anywhere else. So I believe that if you're after a normal life, again, you will just stay in this area and you will go party in this area, not the other way around. And that's it. Now, if, you're, if you want to be cheaper, you would probably stay in Makati but you won't have these walkable areas and it won't be as, as nice for you to go for a walk and it, it will not be as clean. All right, let's now take a look at uh, Makati and what you could do here before we are going to talk about other business opportunities uh, in the Philippines. So in Makati, um, like I said, there's Burgos Street. This is where most tourists go. Um, Burgos Street. And, uh, or Burgos, Bur or P. Burgos. Yeah, okay, this is, uh, I guess this is it. Um, on this street, there is a famous bar called uh, Filling Station. Okay, so this is here. So th this, is, this is where this street is. So essentially this is the, this is the party area of uh, um, of the Philippines. It's like a red light district party area. I don't really recommend it. Uh, it is just sketchy bars and I mean, I'm not personally into that. I will show you what I would recommend to you that is much nicer. So there are two places that you can go out in Makati and then I will show you one place where you can go out in BGC. So. This is the red light district area. I, I would avoid it. But nearby, there is a bar called uh, Buccaneers. I I can't really uh, um, pronounce it right. Buccaneers. Okay, this is the bar. This is a pirate themed bar. And what's best about this bar is the people. So if you go out here, you are going to meet a lot of cool people. You can go out here and meet probably like 20, 30, 40, 50 people each evening on Saturdays and Fridays. It's just fun, cool people going out to this bar. And probably that's the nicest crowd of uh, all of uh, the hall, uh, Makati. This is owned by a French guy. 
started this bar here. And I definitely recommend this to you as the best place to go. Then right across this, if you cross the street here from Buccaneers, you are going to have another bar that is open longer after Buccaneers. It's just here, H and J Sports Bar. And you have pool tables. And it's, again, this is, this is just a nice place to hang out with cool people. Now, both of these bars, Buccaneers and H and J, offer you ability to meet people, talk to people. So this is what I personally like. You can just hang out and meet new people easily. That's Makati. And I would say that's it for Makati. Then we're going to BGC. So actually in BGC, there are two places to party. There is this whole club area where you have clubs like Ravo or something like this. I personally hate clubs like this. I, I, I really dislike it because they they play like popular music and i don't like the crowd uh because people like to show off when they go out to these places and again i'm not saying anything i don't want to say anything about about it it's just like it's not my vibe okay so it's, it's not like i don't like those people probably they're cool i just don't like the idea of going to super loud club and i can't talk to anyone i can't hear anyone and basically it's loud music and everyone is by their table and you establish your social status by ordering like this big bottle that they bring to you with like fireworks. I'm not sure they do it at Ravo, but you get the idea of those kinds of uh, clubs. So I particularly don't like these and these are very prominent in Asia. So these are typical show of status uh, bars in Asia, very common in, uh, in Vietnam, for example, these kinds of places. Um, common in Thailand. I, I I don't like it. And the reason why I don't like it is because I like talking to people and you just don't get that here. Okay. Um, so, so where you have a nice place where you can talk to people is here in BGC. And this is probably the nicest and coolest place of all of going out um, in Hall of Manila. It's called Forbes Town Center. And this is a street with European-themed bars and restaurants. So basically what they do is they put chairs on the streets and you're just sitting there drinking your wine, drinking your coffee, and you can meet people, you can hang out with them. Um, it is very laid back. It's a little bit more classy, but it's not as show-off as um, the, this Ravo clubs and bars. So this is a little bit more like, it's more classy than Buccaneers, more classy than this sports bar I was showing to you in Makati. Uh, but this is not like over the top trying to impress. It's it's more like you're this uh, European with a hat and mustache drinking wine and looking at people passing by and occasionally um, saying hi and talking to them. That's that's the vibe of this place here. And in here, I really like this place um, that is uh, called um, Bistro Madrid, which I recommend to you. It's a nice Spanish place. You sit outside, you get a bottle of wine. Uh, price of wine is 1,200 pesos. That's for like a lower end. So you spend around 20 euros for a wine in a restaurant. Um, again, if, if you don't travel much in Asia, you might not know that wine is usually ex quite, ex quite expensive in Asia. It's similar price if you buy it, or you're gonna buy wine for like 500 pesos. So, um, 850 euros well that's actually not that much but that's going to be very bad wine if you buy in a shop 
Um, that's just the thing about Asia. Uh, maybe in Philippines it doesn't seem so bad, but in Thailand and in, uh, in Vietnam, for example, wine is very expensive comparing to Europe, where you could get like a pr pretty nice bottle of wine for three or four euros. Anyways, why I recommend Bistro Madrid? Um, it's it, they are very nice. The, the stuff is very friendly. They give you snacks when you order wine. Um, when you order two bottles, you get the third one for free. Um, it's just it's just nice and hospitable. So that's it when it comes to going out in uh, in, in in the Philippines. Definitely first um, hang out here uh, on this street, um, then go to Buccaneers, then go to H and S. Um, that's and and here if you already have friends and you know people, this is probably the best place to hang out. Now let's talk a little bit about the business in the Philippines and what actually shocked me about Philippines that I completely didn't know about. I completely never, 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 never knew that this is the case. But um, in the Philippines, they have a massive amount of uh, so-called BPOs. BPOs are business process outsourcing centers. And business process outsourcing centers are essentially offices where European and American companies are outsourcing, um, outsourcing their um, operations and processes. So if there are things like, for example, receiving invoices, the system is not yet uh, out automated. Uh, they, they try to use AI to somehow automate receiving invoices. Uh, but this system is not really yet automated properly and you need to type in the invoice inside of the system for a company. So this is an example of PPO offices too. Um, this business process outsourcing. Um, also other things that business process uh, outsourcing centers do or in general outsourcing companies is, is, is development like software development, but also call centers uh, and all this stuff. So you, so you would be shocked and I was shocked that in the Philippines, Actually, all the European companies that claim to be like, yeah, we're, 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 we're we normally like to hire uh, locally uh, and support our local um, economy, they, they actually outsource so many of their processes. Here's an example. This is Lufthansa uh, Services Philippines. So it's one of the one of the offices there. It's like a huge office where. Uh, processes from Lufthansa are being outsourced. Uh, so if, if, if it's cheaper to, to get this done in the Philippines, then they would just outsource it to the Philippines uh, and they wouldn't keep this in Germany. That's that's what my understanding of the, the whole situation is. And I'm not saying it's bad. That's just uh, business and that's just uh, how capitalism works. But if you are going to walk around the Philippines and as I'm sitting here now, looking through my window, there are so many international businesses uh, outsourcing offices. There's Hubert, Hubert Pockard just there. Um, London Business Stock Exchange, like everything. It's, it's just insane. You have so many offices. And so I looked into this whole situation and I've, and I've learned that business process outsourcing is one of the key elements of the Filipino economy. It's one of the key ways how the Filipino economy uh, makes money. That, that, that adds up to to GDP, it's, it's very prominent. It is around 7% of the GDP. Don't don't keep me accountable for the numbers. I just did quick research uh, before making this video, uh, but um, it is growing fast, apparently 10% every year. And no matter how big percentage of economies, this is a 7%, is it 10%, whatever, 
it is everywhere. You see business process outsourcing offices and you see European, American and Australian companies everywhere outsourcing work here. Everywhere. It's just so much. And you meet so many people here who work in those business process outsourcing centers. You mean so many people. I, my personal experience is every third, every th fourth person I meet, they work for a US company or European company uh, in outsourcing some of the processes. So there is a, there, there is a logic for this. And, and the logic is that Filipino people speak amazing English. So if you call somebody from the Philippines, you talk with somebody from the Philippines, you can't tell that they're from the Philippines because their English is just so amazing. And they're smart. And they're just great people. So like, no wonder there is this whole outsourcing situation going on here. Apparently, uh, took over India in, in outsourcing. And um, the labor cost is still cheaper. And the cost of living is cheaper outside of BGC. So if you're not staying where I'm staying right now in BGC, the cost of living is probably uh, quite low. And that's why if you're coming to um, places like uh the philippines you can bootstrap your lifestyle so if you don't make much money i've seen this uh polish youtuber uh spending like 50 dollars a month for a house renting a house of course it's going to be a house in the rural area in the jungle with uh uh you know probably not like not much stuff in it right but you can you can you you can really live inexpensively here and um and that's a let's say business opportunity as well it's very natural what is happening in the philippines that you can hire people here to work and you're gonna get great stuff and they will work very well and you are going to spend less than you would have to spend in australia in the us and in western europe so it's going to be cheaper for you and that's why it's such a big business opportunity and that's why there are so many business process outsourcing and recruitment companies setting up here. And um, I think this is something that naturally leverages on the on the skill of the people here and on the still lower prices. So this is another business opportunity for you uh, coming up here and uh, building either recruitment agency as um, I have partnered with the recruitment agency and I'm helping with recruitment for my recruitment agency to recruit people in the Philippines. It is a good business opportunity. Um, in general, hiring people here is a good business opportunity. So if you want to get somebody here uh, to work for you, this is, or for your company, this is probably a good idea because you're going to get extremely skilled people for uh, less and who are very committed and also very respectful. So as I'm going through the CVs of people uh, recruiting in the Philippines, they they just look very, very promising. And uh, so I have a good experience working with the Philippines. Now, a lot of people have a bad experience working with the Philippines because they were hiring people on online jobs at PH or Upwork. And they got this experience of people who are kind of like laid back and not really pushing it. But that's different than when working with a proper recruitment uh, company like the one I'm running when you want to recruit here, where somebody's actually sitting in an actual office, having to work, has this corporate background, corporate mindset that's not this, uh, I just want to chill uh, and work from home and I, I, I'm i not really serious about it. So that's the difference between uh, getting somebody from those 
like freelancer mindset uh, mindsets and an employee mindset where somebody's serious about it. So that's 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 a huge difference. And so you can't compare um, this as apples to apples. So that's just something to learn. So two opportunities here: set up a BPO or recruitment agency uh, like I did, or just recruit here, and you can contact me, and I can get you CVs of uh, people who could work. Uh, with you uh, and who have a corporate mindset. So that's definitely a business opportunity. Now, I want to talk a little bit about um, the mindset that people here in the Philippines have and uh, what I've learned uh, from them and, and uh, what the culture is like. So what is really interesting to me in the Philippines is that the culture is um, influenced by Spanish colony for over 300 years and um, then by American uh, colony, being colonized by America for around 50 years, which stopped quite recently, around, uh, I think, 80 years ago. And so what seems to be the impact of these colonies on the Philippines? Uh, first of all, I see this Latino vibe. So when I was in South America, when I lived in Colombia, it had a bit of a similar vibe. People are laid back, they can talk to you, they're chill, they are uh, kind of like a Latino vibe. Do you know what I mean, right? Like a Latino vibe. More laid back, they like music, they like talking, they're very open. Versus like the nor Northern countries. Like if you go to Poland or if you go to Germany, that's the opposite of it. Like people have poker face and, and it's harder to crack it up and, and get to them. So I particularly love it because that's who I am. And that's why I feel uncomfortable when I'm in Germany or Poland, because people are just kind of like, you know, there's like a big barrier. They, they have their guards up. They don't have it here. So it's like the Latino vibe. At the same time, it's not as intimidating as Colombia. So in Colombia, I was a little bit intimidated. I had to walk on the street and pretend to be a little bit more bossy and a little bit more, you know, masculine because people have more testosterone, feels like, versus here, the testosterone levels seem to be more laid back. It's it's an analogy, right? I, I don't know the actual, um, you know, hormonal uh, setup here. It's it's just an analogy. Just just people feel more friendly and not like they want to fight you. Do you know what I mean? You need, don't need to walk on the street and feel like somebody's gonna fight you. Versus in uh, Colombia, that's the feeling I had. Like I had to be a little bit on my heels. On the other hand. In a lot of places in the city, you have guys like guards with guns, which is which is kind of interesting because take a look. So this is this is an example. So you have these guards with with proper guns, uh, just just hanging out there, you know, like protecting areas. So I know maybe this is dangerous, but it doesn't feel like it's dangerous if you're in a good area. However, and this is interesting about the Philippines, if you go to the wrong area and this is a little bit similar to america where there are good and bad areas if you go to the bad area in the philippines you feel intimidated because people are approaching you they want something from you you don't want don't know what they wanted they try to sell you something so in the philippines you can't be random you can't just like go to random area in the outskirts of manila so it's more similar to the us you have bad and good areas you have dangerous areas and safe areas Versus, for example, when I compare it to Poland or Vietnam, you pretty much feel kind of safe everywhere. I mean, I don't feel maybe like like one or two areas in Poland which are dangerous, but like Vietnam, for example, there's pretty much no area in Vietnam where I ever, ever 
felt like it's dangerous. It doesn't feel like extra rich anywhere, but it doesn't feel extra poor and dangerous anywhere. It just feels like kind of, you know, evened out. Maybe that's the aspect of the communism that evened things out versus capitalism. But in the Philippines, you definitely see this capitalism. So you see this wealthy areas and super clean, and you have those uh, dodgy areas. And again, I'm not saying that communism is better by no means. I'm just saying that this might be the impact of this. And um, this whole American capitalism is also seen in the Philippines by not just English language, but um, also by by food. There is so much um, American food chains here, which is almost almost weird. It's just like so many of them that I feel like it's too hard to eat healthy in the Philippines. I feel like th there's too many things in the Philippines that make you um, kind of, you know, destroy destroy your, your diet. Because when I was in Thailand, the food was so healthy. In the Philippines, you have places like this everywhere. You have Denny's everywhere. Uh, you have uh, TJI Fridays everywhere, which is maybe not the worst, but 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 you get an idea. You have like, you have like, not, most of the countries you have five, sorry, most of the countries have like one donut chain. You have like Dunkin' Donuts, that's it. In the Philippines, you have at least three, four American donut chains. You have Brandy's Donuts, all that. And, and, and that's everywhere. And this makes you feel like you want to eat it, but then you get more fat. So that's my experience about the Philippines versus in Thailand, pretty much don't have that much access to Western food. I mean, there is Western food, but you mainly have access to this amazing, healthy Thai food. I didn't really see Filipino food culture as, as prominent, at least not in uh, BGC and Makati. I didn't see this food culture as exposed as in Thailand. So it, it doesn't seem like, like, like the food uh, is culturally uh, so important uh, in the Philippines, in the Philippines, uh, like for example, this um, in Thailand. And then this interesting thing about the mindsets here from people that I talk with them. Uh, a lot of people, when I when I did drink some wine with the Filipino people and I talked to them, uh, a lot of them they told me that through these colonies, because they've been colonized by Spanish and by America. Um, they kind of feel like they don't have much of their cultural identity as much. So they don't feel like they are necessarily as like like patriotic Filipino. I mean, they do maybe, but they don't know like what is what is me as the Filipino. And that's something that a lot of people told me. So let's say you are from um, another country with like the very strong cultural identity and you kind of know where you are from. And the Philippines people say that like, I know like, are we like Americans? Are we like Spanish? Are we Filipinos? It's kind of blurred because of this whole colonies and, 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 and how this kind of implied in the Philippines, this lack of uh, clear understanding of where am I from? So that's one thing that, that, that is clear. And the second thing that is that is clear in doing business in the Philippines and recruitment is that Filipino people, because of the colonies, became very polite, but sometimes 
they would be a little bit too submissive. And what do I mean with this? Normally, you don't hire Filipino people in sales because in sales, you want to have somebody who's not nice, straight to the point, maybe a little bit harsh to hold the frame. You don't want somebody who's like, hello, sir. And the Filipino people are a little bit like this. And what a lot of Filipino people told me that's because of the colonies. So generally speaking, people are so friendly that you feel like, oh, okay, they're so nice to you and they're so nice to everyone, which which is great, which I respect and I love it. And I, you know, I, I'm so annoyed in Europe, in Northern Europe, uh, when, when there is a waiter in a restaurant and they're not nice to me, even though I'm spending money there, or, or if there's like a government official and I want some documents done and, and, and they, they're rude to me. I, I hate it. So I love it in the Philippines, everyone is nice to you. But at the same time, if you need somebody being like very bossy, managing people, being harsh, like a sales manager, you probably won't get that in the Philippines uh, because of what colonization kind of turned people into, being just more nicer and more compliant. So that is what I have heard from the Filipinos. This is not by any means um, psychology described of how it works here, but that's what Filipino people told me they feel like, and that's what it looks like to me. And that's a more of a uh, personal opinion. That pretty much rounds it up. Um, I hope that this gave you a good understanding on what's the living situation like in the Philippines.